Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venueland, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. Today's adventure takes us to Nashville, where we check in with the marketing strategy manager for Outback Presents, Kevin Kennedy. How you doing? I'm awesome, guys. How are you? Good. You Good. and I have something in common right off the bat. I want to get this out of the way. Uh, we were both in the musical Oklahoma. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I did it twice. <laughs> you did it twice. I only did it once. Mine was in high school, and I was just a background dancer, but I'm guessing you, you had a bigger role. Well... Uh, in high school, I did it in like ninth grade. I played the role of Judd Fry, and I think it was kind of around where my voice was changing. <laughs> Very masculine Judd Fry. <laughs> and then I did it professionally. It's my first professional production at Art Park in Lewiston, New York, right by um, Niagara Falls, and I played a dancing cowboy. It was awesome. It was yes, I've been the dancing cowboy myself. So, Kevin, <laughs> uh, you know, is one of my favorite people that I've gotten to know in this business recently, and and uh, has some great stories. We're excited to talk with him today. But let's let's talk to you right off the bat about your your current role. Tell us about you know for the first people who are listening that maybe don't know, tell us about Outback Presents and your your position there. Yeah, so I'm a marketing strategy manager at Outback Presents, uh, a promoter. It's the um, leading independent promoter in the business right now. Um, I think number three promoter as well, um, top three. It's growing so fast um, just with the tours that are coming out. Uh, we just announced uh, the Kid Leroy uh, college tour that's going out. Um, everybody here is awesome, amazing. It's a big family. I think I started here about two years ago, and I think there were th like 30, 40 people, and now it's grown over 100 people in, in two years. Wow. And it just keeps growing, always looking for good people. That's what I love about Outback is uh, we're surrounded by good people. So if you're a good person, throw in your resume. <laughs> and if you're a bad person if you're a bad person um <laughs> go to hell throw it to us anyways but we'll talk, toss it away yeah and what's your role there what is what is a marketing strategy manager what is that what is day-to-day -day for you so day-to-day -day, i'm um on the comedy so i, I lean on, on a lot of comedians some of the comedians um taylor tomlinson david spade rob schneider leanne morgan so a lot of the comedians that go to and play theaters around the U.S. and Canada. Um, so my job is to work with the venues and put up all these shows, buy all the marketing, right? Uh, buy the TV spots, give Facebook way too much money, uh, <laughs> and um, just get the word out and fill the seats and um, make it a good night for everybody. Make it a good night for the comedians. Make it a good night for the fans that are attending. And it's really cool because prior to this, I was at a venue. I was at Key Bank Center in uh, Buffalo, New York. 
And I worked um, at KeyBank Center, Blue Cross Arena in Rochester, and then oversaw the marketing um, for live events at the Bill Stadium, which is now called Highmark Stadium. I did three venues and I worked with the promoters there. So it's really cool to be on this side and, um, you know, learning a whole new aspect of the industry here the last two years. Every day I'm challenged here and um, it's really cool. Love it. With you focusing on comedy, like we just uh, had a guest on where, you know, he was saying that it's just growing faster oh. than anything. And it's it's amazing. And there's just so many comedy bookings, like way more than they've ever had. I mean, is that something that you've seen even since you've been there? Or is it something that you like the promoter Outback is staffing up more because it's just like all the comedians are going out and hitting the roads? It definitely seems like more than I've ever seen comedians that might be like, oh, we'll just do a couple dates here or there in the past are now like doing full-fledged tours. And there's so many more, so much more structure, I think, to it than just like hitting a couple comedy clubs. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Some of these artists and just watching their careers. Taylor Tomlinson, I, I listened to Rick's episode um, on Venue Land and, you know, he, he mentioned Taylor Tomlinson, which is um, my first tour. It's my um, came here to Outback. It was my first show. It was her first tour outside of a club. Um, so it was her first theater tour. Um, and we started in, you know, small theaters that fit about a thousand people. And that was September, 2021. And now she just did three nights at the Chicago theater this weekend. She's doing uh, four shows in Boston, all sold out, not a single seat available five shows in Dallas. We're just putting up a fifth show in Dallas. Um, it's incredible to see her career just blow up. And sure. I think it helped, um, you know, Netflix has a huge platform for uh, stand-up comedy. And I think, you know, if a comedian gets on, you know, and, and does a special and it's well-received, it, it just blows up. And um, it's incredible to and it's so cool because it was my first tour her first tour and here we are two years later and just to see her career blow up is is amazing i think that's a great point you bring up about the advent of netflix because i think you probably can trace a lot back to that you know before you had so many of these streaming platforms where a lot more people can get specials I think the gate behind those specials was a lot thicker and okay, you want to be on comedy. Get that Central HBO special or, was tough, right? Yeah. yeah. Or HBO, that's a finite amount of people. So you're looking at like, you know, a Jerry Seinfeld level person. So I think uh, you know, that was a challenge because how are people gonna know your material? It's not like musicians where they're gonna, you know, bop bop their head to you in the car and they're gonna like listen, you know, people don't generally listen to comedy albums as much. But I think having that now you know, across so many different streaming platforms and Netflix has really leaned into it. It's like created this parody amongst the genre where I think a lot more people are able to get their foot in the door and get recognized, which I love. Oh, absolutely. I think um, probably before that and before those streaming platforms, you just relied on touring and just people recommending you, right? And then waiting yeah. to come back and then hopefully more people see you, which still is that way but i think netflix helps where people talk about it and um they see that they're coming and 
um, I think it maybe fast tracks the artist's career a little bit. Yeah. Kevin, let's get into the weeds a little bit because, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by something you said about, you know, giving too much money uh, to Facebook and the, <laughs> and the metaverse, right? Uh, we're all we're all locked into the world of meta. Um, so I, I'm just curious, kind of your current philosophy on, you know, where we're all dealing with limited ad budgets. Right. And, you know, where and for some of these shows, you know, the budgets are a little smaller than. So when we're when we're tight, where are the important places for you to be? What do you see that's working for you? And what have you tried that just, you know, you haven't had seen much success with? I mean, I think it depends on the artist on what what is going to work. But every campaign we do. Is digital, I mean. Is you always do digital? You always put on Facebook because we can target those artist fans. You know, we get access to the artist Facebook page and Instagram. Hopefully, they have it and it's all set up and connected correctly. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we can target those fans, and so you know, if I follow an artist on my phone, I pick it up and. I see that they're coming to my town, right? I, I get that ad. So it's it's so important for every artist. But, you know, there's other artists where, you know, is TV right? Do we have the budget? Um, is radio right? You know, I think the challenge in comedy is trying to get people, especially that don't know the artist, right? So you have to have the assets to educate fans of comedy on who the artist is. So is TV right for comedy is, you know, just depends on the comedian and, um, but Meta sure is getting a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, what do you, what do you like about, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk about Buffalo here a little bit more, but, but what do you like about living in and working in Nashville? Oh man, I lived in Buffalo for 38 years of my life. And when I lost my job at the pandemic, you know, I knew I wanted to go somewhere else. I didn't want to live my life without seeing outside of Buffalo. So this job uh, opportunity happened. And, you know, it's between here and Florida. I was actually looking at another job in Florida. And I don't love the sun. And I mean, I love the sun. I wish the sun was out today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the heat... Um, you know, and like, although we get it here, we get the heat here, but there's something fun about Nashville. And I came here six years ago now, I think maybe 2014, eight years ago now on a trip. And I was here for four days and I was just like, wow, this is so cool. You know, and I sat on Broadway and that's all we did. Right. And it was just so cool. But moving here, just seeing outside of Broadway too, like, when I have visitors, I'm like, can we not do Broadway? <laughs> can I yeah. show you like the actual cool suburbs and the cool local places here that we have? I just, there's something to do every day. Just a couple nights ago, I got to go to a private Dan and Shay concert um, that, you know, might happen in Buffalo, but there's just something really cool about going and the artists being from here and going home that night to their family and their kids. And it's just, there's never ending live entertainment here. Music just permeates the city, which, you know, I know, and I know that you personally, one of the things that I think is very cool about you is 
you know, not only do you, you know, live and breathe this during the day, but you love to consume the live entertainment scene at night and, and go out and see bands and, and live shows. Uh, I sure do. <laughs> That's pretty much all I do. Um, <laughs> and, and there's, there's something for, you know, there's theater, there's um, live entertainment, there's concerts. Um, it's, it's been really cool. I've seen a lot of really cool things here. And, and it's, it's really cool because like when I first came here and, you know, it'd be like a Friday working in the office and I'd go out for lunch and you see all the visitors, it's on Thursdays during, during heavy um, visiting season, the visitors just arriving and, you know, you'd be working and you'd be stressed and then you go out for lunch, you know, and you just see everybody's so happy because they're here visiting they're on the vacation of their lifetime it's like wow i live here that's really cool and and it puts you in a good like it's like man they're happy i'm happy (laughs) (laughs) it's just really cool it's just um you know and just kind of puts things into perspective and it's like you know what these people are like here trying to have their vacation of a lifetime and like i live here and it's really cool and uh, puts you in a good mood. That sounds like this comparison I heard recently where like, there's no one sad at Disneyland because everyone <laughs> goes to Disneyland or Disney World. And part of it too, is that you have this financial investment. Like you're, and it's the same with Nashville. I'm sure you're like, I booked a hotel. I'm going here to have fun. Like you're coming in with the expectation, like it's going to be fun. I'm going to make it fun. So I'm sure like everyone you see is just like wide grins, like let's have a blast. We're having the best time because we have to, you know, that's why we did this. And and it's, it's really where it's, you know, especially like those people are having fun. I get a little FOMO jealous. I'm like, Oh, I go back to work for five more hours. Y'all have fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> y'all keep going keep going <laughs> so i was gonna ask you know you, you obviously talked about buffalo right so let's take it back you know to your days you're at the university of buffalo you're you're getting your your bachelor of fine arts there what what does kevin kennedy think he's gonna do with his life at that time Oof. you know kevin still doesn't know what he's gonna do with his life <laughs> yeah you know, I in Buffalo, I started um, in live theater. It's really weird how I got into the business, right? Like, I was hanging out with a friend in seventh grade, and they were on stage crew. And they're like, hey, you should join stage crew. I'm like, what's that? And in seventh grade, I joined stage crew. I hated it. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I don't want to work. I gotta. I gotta pull these. What What are these things I gotta pull? Like, it's like, it's like exercising. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, that's really cool. Like those people on stage are doing that, and like that's really cool. So the next year, I tried out and I got into the show, and so I got to do that part of the business, right? And I was like, this is really neat. And so that's kind of how I got started in performing, and. And then a friend of mine, actually a cousin of mine, was like, hey, I work at Shays, Shays Performing Arts Center, which is the touring theater in Buffalo. I was like, oh, I want to I work there. And she's like, well, you can volunteer. I was 15. And so I volunteered in the gift shop. And I got to go in and, you know, just walk in and see some shows. And I wanted to volunteer every single night. And, and I did. 
And usually when somebody will just come in, volunteer for one night, go see the show, come out. I just wanted to be there and be involved. And so finally I turned 16. They're like, well, you're working more than most of the people here. <laughs> so they hired me. <laughs> and so that was my first job in the industry was working in the ticket office at Shays. And I worked there for 25 years part-time until I moved here or 22 years, whatever it was, until I moved to Nashville. And when I told them I was moving to Nashville, I said, if you're going to, I'm not quitting. I said, I can't quit. I can never quit Shays. I said, if you're going to take me off a payroll, do not tell me. <laughs> still and always work there. So I always joke around, you know, I'll go back there. I said, I'll work one night, you know, just because that's my family. That's my home. And I always make a point to go there just to pop in and say hi real quick or anytime I'm home because that's where I grew up. That's how I got involved in the industry. And it's awesome. I love it there. That's so cool. What a, what a, you know, and again, it's, it's so many times we hear these stories on this podcast about, about how people got into the industry and everyone's a little bit different, but they all kind of have that, that core of, I got there, I fell in love with it and I did everything possible to become part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, like you said, I, I went to school um, in Buffalo um, at University of Buffalo for my Bachelor of Fine Arts. And to answer your question, <laughs> earlier question, um, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do theater, but like I knew there were other aspects of the industry that I could be involved in. So after I graduated from, um, oh, also when I was at Chase, I used to like meet like the company managers of the shows. And I would, you know, meet some of the actors and I would learn the other part of the business. I, I would meet the stage managers and the stage managers saw that I was a young, hungry, interested person. And they a couple times the stage managers invited me to go backstage of these shows and sit there at their console and watch what they do. And so I got interested in that. So after college, I went out and I toured with the Radio City Rockettes. Um, I was not a rocket. <laughs> I was going to say, were you dancing? Did you get the kicks going? Kicks. You had to work on your kick, right? There is a funny story. Um, they did invite me um, as a joke. <laughs> Can't believe I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> as a joke, they're like, do you want to be in the nativity scene at the end of the show? You know, this beautiful nativity <laughs> scene with these, you know, the three wise men and the camels and the donkeys and whatever animals we had and the sheep <laughs> and it's one of the most beautiful moments of the show right this live nativity scene and they're like do you want to be in it i go yeah and so they dressed me up as whatever in this <laughs> outfit head <wrap. laughs> head, yeah, yeah this wrap and this long out they're like but we're not going to tell anybody in the show that you're going to be in it so I was, <laughs> I was up on the rock, they call it the rock, next to Mary and Joseph. There I was just standing there. And, you know, all the wise men are coming up, bearing the gifts, and it's a beautiful moment. <laughs> and there I was standing there. They're like, you can't laugh. They're like, right, right. You cannot laugh. I'm like, because my face was shown to the audience and everything. I was like, I won't laugh. I'm an actor. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing was, is people like, as the wise men come up from the audience and, and, you know, everybody's bringing the gifts up. They're like, 
<laughs> is that our assistant company manager? <laughs> and it was so funny just seeing their faces. And, and then even afterwards, they'd be like, were you, why are you dressed like that? I was like, I was on the rock. Did you not see me? Like, pay attention here. I know it's your eighth show. You're the fourth wise man, Kevin. You just, <laughs> you're the, you forgot your uh, present at home. Oh, that was so fun. That was a great story. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of fun in theater uh, and, and working, you know, through the, through the years there. But but something uh, gets you involved uh, with the NHL and you end up working with the with the Buffalo Sabres. I sure did. So everything um, comes back to to Shays. I was working at Shays and I came back from the Rockettes and um, I was like, man. I need a full-time job. <laughs> and I asked somebody that worked at Shays part-time with me, worked part-time at, at the arena. And they're like, yeah, I'll give them your resume. And they hired me part-time. And I was there for maybe like two months. And then they hired me full-time. And so I worked for the Sabres in the ticket office for seven, seven years. And then the girl... Tracy, who was the arena marketing manager at the time, was going on maternity leave. And the booker of the arena was like, I like Kevin. I want him to fill in when she's on maternity leave. And so they talked to me about it and she went on maternity leave. And I learned this whole new role in this industry of marketing manager of live events at the arena. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then they were like, yeah, you know, we'll do gift presentations, trade photos. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And <laughs> so they trained me with the gift presentation trade photo with Josh Groban, who I love. Yeah, and I just learned. And then she came back from maternity leave and I was like, mm -mm, I'm done in this ticket office. I, she yeah. needs I'm like, she needs some help. They need to hire me. <laughs> and so wrote this big email to her, to the booker. And I was like, Jen, I know what she does and she really needs an assistant. She needs somebody there with her to take on some more shows and this and that. She goes, no, but we'll keep you in mind some other day. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so then I went back to the ticket office and sure enough, she came up to me maybe a year later and was like, Tracy's leaving, you know, are you interested? And then I left the ticket office and I learned this role of marketing manager. And then the company continued to grow. And I took on Blue Cross Arena in Rochester and then um, the stadium live events. And it was really cool. So that's how I got into marketing. Yeah. So that's your time with, with, with PSE, right? Tell us about that organization. Yeah. So PSE, um, so when I was at the Sabres, the, uh, Terry and Kim Pagula took over um, the Buffalo Sabres. They bought the Sabres and it was a, you know, a company of 100 people. And then they bought the bills and then they decided to start this umbrella company, um, Pagula Sports and Entertainment, PSE. And they kind of put everything, the bills, the Sabres, um, the Amarks. They have a, a record label here in Nashville. It's all under this PSE umbrella of all their entities. Um, so then I became the live events marketing manager of PSE, which included Blue Cross, the stadium, 
and and the Sabres in the KeyBank Center. So it was cool. I was, you know, then I got to learn how to market events in a city I didn't know, Blue Cross Arena, right? So that's kind of helping me here now, marketing shows in places I've never been to. Yeah, sure. As a small sidebar, I have to interrupt because I know this is an audio only podcast, but I feel like we're robbing people from how expressive you are. <laughs> because <laughs> if you all could see Kevin as he's telling these stories, he's like very, you can tell you're in theater because your face has got all these faces, you're using your hands a lot. And so it's like there's these pauses, or it might seem like there's these pauses. It's actually just Dave and I reacting to Kevin's uh, performance of his career. <laughs> Well, now you tell me it's audio only. I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have showered or done my hair. <laughs> I almost got a haircut last night because I thought, <laughs> man, uh, still looks good. Still looks good. <laughs> so tell us about working the difference, you know, uh, and working in the the theater side of things to working in the the arena side of things. Was there was there some things that, that kind of transferred over and were similar? Is it just the size of the room? You know, obviously you're hitting all kinds of different venues. Was there, was there, you know, much difference in, in those worlds? Um, to be honest, when we took over the stadium, no, there really was, they were all Live Nation shows and Live Nation, you know, they kind of handle their own marketing and just kind of the liaison, right? I only did one show at the stadium on the run too. It was incredible. So I really don't have too much experience uh, to talk about, but um, Queen Queen Bee um, pulled up in a golf yeah. cart and got off. Right, this is actually very interesting because you know how we kind of like put artists. You look at artists, especially somebody of that size, and they're just bigger than life, and you forget that they're an actual human being, and they're just like larger than life for sure. And I'll never forget. Beyonce coming down in the golf cart. I was backstage at the time, just standing there waiting for the show to start and the golf cart coming up and this woman getting off the back of the golf cart. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I looked at the girl next to me. I go, was, was that, was that her? <laughs> she's like, that was queen. And I couldn't believe it because she's such a tiny person. And she feels like she's like 18 feet tall, right? Yes. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. wait, she's five, eight? Like, I couldn't believe it. And and then it just puts it in perspective that they're human beings, you know? For sure. Uh, speaking of being a human being, besides work, you know, I know that you've got a pretty active life and, and you've kind of kept, you know, the theater element going in your life. You still do a lot of live acting and, and even singing. Sure do. So I joke around that I retired once I moved to Nashville. <laughs> um, I used to do the anthems um, for the Sabres and the Buffalo Bandits, which is the NLL team. So actually, when I kind of had to slow down on the theater stuff when I got into live events because I had to work events myself. Right. But every once in a while, my former boss was very, very kind and allowed me to do certain shows as an actor and miss a couple nights. And we worked around it very supportive in that way, but it was cool. You know, even getting to do the anthems kind of fed that uh, need and that, and that feed, right? Like that hungriness of wanting to perform. Yeah. Uh, which I still have. Right. And moving here, 
there's not a ton of local theater. If there is, it's, you know, a lot of, and there's nothing wrong with non-paid theater. What am I trying to think of? Non-community <laughs> theater? Uh, community theater. Yeah, nothing wrong with community theater at all. Um, but if I, you know, just because I've, you know, I went to school for it too, right? I, it needs to be worth it. I need to get paid for it. Anyway, uh, there's not really a lot of uh, professional theater here in, in um, Nashville. So I've been very lucky that I get to go back to Buffalo and every once in a while do the anthem. So that kind of feeds that performing. And I'll never forget, it was one of the greatest moments performing of my life was going back to um, do the anthem for the bandits for the NLL finals last year. And I moved, right? So I hadn't done the anthems in quite some time that we had the pandemic. And I did it for 10 years for the bandits in an orange tuxedo. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, people kind of, you know, I, I did it every game, every single game. And then all of a sudden I wasn't there and I'll never forget. We kept it a secret. They're like, Kevin, would you actually come back? Like I kept joking. I'm like, Hey guys, just find me back. I'll do the anthem for, for the, um, for the playoffs. And then eventually they got to the, the finals and they're like, would you actually come back? I go, yes. If you put me on a plane to my hometown, I will go. And I did. And we kept it a secret didn't mention it and people were like on twitter and instagram they're like are you ever going to come back would you come back you know i think even one people that even decided to do a gofundme <laughs> to bring me back <laughs> i was like yeah start a gofundme and just put that money in my bank account <laughs> yes please <laughs> but um the experience of going back there and walking out onto that field in front of twenty thousand people and the reception that I got, I will never feel anything like that ever again. And especially like, you know, being in Nashville and going about my business here, you know, working at Outback and stressful life and not performing. And I had not performed, you know, the pandemic and even people here in, in Nashville, like, don't know that I perform. They're like, wow, you're right. You actually do. Secrets <laughs> out. But um the feeling of 20,000 people screaming, like, it's just, I'll never, that'll never happen again. Like, those are special moments. Yeah, I can go back and, you know, people will be excited to be there. But like, man, that was unbelievable. So it feeds, feeds that hungerness of performing when I get to go back and, um, and do the anthem. So I did the Sabres game over the holiday break. And that was unbelievable as well because it had been quite some time maybe three three years since i did the anthem for the sabers the sabers is cool to do because it's um more people see it and i'll get text messages all around the u.s from people hey I saw you on espn <laughs> but um it's really cool and um yeah talking about buffalo obviously you're from there and you were talking about wanting to spread your wings a little bit and move to nashville but it does seem like obviously they've gone through a lot over the last you know a uh, couple of years yeah, yeah. but i think it has highlighted as we see sometimes in communities and it's unfortunate that it takes like a tragedy to do this but how close the communities are and how 
how uh I, I just love like the the connection and and something that even to your point like around a sports team or like people people remembering you when you're singing the anthem and then you go back and they're like oh my god it's kevin and he's back and like we remember him <laughs> singing every game like something that's that seems like maybe a small thing but is so important and you're like one of theirs you're one of the buffalo buff i don't what buffaloians buff buffaloes i don't know uh but uh i buffalo think a Buffalonians. Buffalonians? Buffalonians. Okay, I love that. Uh, but I think, you know, what are the things that you do love about Buffalo? You know, like, obviously you love returning, but I mean, is it is it just this, like, nice, tight-knit community? And it, it just feels like a really special place. Well, you're going to get me emotional on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal, Kevin. That's my goal. There's, there's nothing like it. Um, I don't know what it is. I... You know, I love it here. That's that all. Oof, you are getting me emotional. <laughs> Just thinking about home, right? That's my home. That's my friends. That's my family. And then, you know, coming here and, you know, whether good or bad or, you know, mostly when it's on national television and I see my home here on national TV, right? Unfortunately, it's lately it's been for the bad, but um, man, that is my home. That's, um, you know, we go through those tragedies. We go through those snowstorms. We go through those four Super Bowl losses. <laughs> um, Dark, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you can't, I can't explain it. I don't know. I think a lot has to do with going through tragedies together, right? Those four, it's not, a, well, it's a tragedy in the sports, but those four Super, like, when I try to, like, tell people about, like, Buffalo's never won a championship. Like we have no experience of that, right? We get so close and uh, I don't know. It's that's that's my home. So talk to us about that that then because you know, obviously you you go from a place that you like you said 38 years in Buffalo, right? So mm -hmm. the pandemic hits, you lose your job and walk us through then that decision to to move to Nashville. Oh man, well well, first of all, I lost my job. And I'm like, the hell am I going to do? I'm like, yeah, I hear you, man. And I, I put myself down. Right. And I, and I, I, you know, punch myself in the face. I'm like, you're worth nothing. You got, you, you have no skills. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't get a job in marketing. Like kids are going to come out of college who, who are learning all those buzzwords. They're going to get the job over you, you know, like, and then Lori, my boss, um, who I met at EAMC, posted that they were looking for a, a marketing manager. And I was like, me. <laughs> and um, one thing led to another. And, you know, they offered me the job. And I remembered coming here, visiting. I was like, yeah, that's a cool place. And I was here three weeks later, moving out of my home. Oof, longest car ride. I was in tears the entire ride from Buffalo to Nashville. Yeah. Well, I stayed in Columbus, Dave, your little place there. Um, on the way. Place. <laughs> Stopped in Columbus, but from Buffalo to Columbus, I was in that U-Haul crying the entire time. 
Oh, yeah. Leaving. Um, I can tell you, you know, you have such passion for your city. You know, that, that's, that's understandable. Yeah, it's the passion and even flying home every time, you know. But then I get here and I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so hard leaving, leaving home. When you can always go back home, you know, that's the thing, too. I think that people realize is, you know, whether it's for visits here or there, or if it's, you know, 30 years from now and you're retiring, you know, home is always home. So, I mean, I think it, it you take a little bit with you wherever you go and you can always return back to that. that exactly. Yeah. People people still are like, are you going to come back? Here's this job. I'm like, no, I'm like, this is where I am right now. I'm with Outback learning a new skill and um, it's not time to come home yet, but I'll be back at some point. <laughs> well, Nashville is lucky to have you today as, as is Outback. And, uh, you know, I love hearing about your adventures and, and getting to know you a little bit better as we, we talk through some things. Before we wrap things up here, I want to hit you with our fast five. It's five quick questions where you just get your instant uh, uh, response. First up, Kevin, what was your very first concert? Uh, my first concert was America. Oh, wow. <laughs> How about your favorite concert? My favorite concert? Oh, man. Are these supposed to be fast answers, too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was also America. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my favorite concert um, was... Oh, this is so... Um, Sarah Brightman at the Ryman, and only because I got to promote it, always wanted to see her live and to see her at the Ryman um, as a promoter and as as some as a fan was an experience I'll never forget. Close second, Jason Isbell at the Ryman. Oh, that was recent, right? Yeah. But, um, well, he does a we we do um, his residency every year. He does five six shows in residency. Very um, cool. Sells out and. And I'm seeing that with my brother. Unbelievable. All right. Here's a tough one for you. What's better, Nashville hot chicken or buffalo wings in Buffalo? Buffalo wings, hands down. <laughs> I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I see people's Instagram stories of those wings. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite theater role? What's your favorite role you got to play in theater? Oh, my God. Um, I forget the name of the role. <laughs> I did um, Spamalog. Um, Monty, oh, nice. Monty Python spam a lot. I got to play, um, I forget the name of the role, but anyway, it was, um, you know, the one in the tower, um, uh, Prince Herbert, Prince Herbert. Yes. I played Prince Herbert and, um, I got nominated for a acting award there for that. So that's, that's up there as, um, one of the best roles I've ever got to play. Okay. There, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> I lost though. <laughs> nominated though. It's, it's an honor just to be nominated. Exactly. Last, what is your theme song? So we have the we have the Kevin Kennedy TV show where cameras follow you around through your whole life. What is the song that plays over the opening credits? This is a hard question here. Probably "Work Hard, Play Harder" uh, by Gretchen Wilson. Very appropriate. Very appropriate. <laughs> Kevin, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your time with us today. Um, if people want to find you on social or follow along with Outback Presents, give us your plugs. Yeah, my Instagram's Kevin R. Kennedy. Outback's got socials out there. Um, Outback Presents. <laughs> you can search for it. Um, lots of great shows coming down here. I'm so excited to be here in Nashville with Outback. 
working with all the venues, um, everybody listening um, around the U.S. and Canada. It's it's so cool to be on this side and um, working with venues. Very cool. Hey, again, thank you so much for your time today. And a, a, a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five-star reviews. It helps others find us. And until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Okay, everybody now. Oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Wind comes sweeping down the plains, and the yeah. rain <laughs> <laughs>